0: Barbara Lamb is a name many in the ET and UFO field know very well. For over two decades, Barbara has researched and lectured on the subject of extraterrestrial encounters. Having regressed well over a thousand individuals with these encounters, Barbara continues to reveal new vistas into the idea that many on this planet just may have direct connections with non-human intelligence. In this, my second interview with Barbara, done at her home just outside of Los Angeles, we discussed her latest project, and that's a book in which she co-authored with researcher Miguel Mendonca called Meet the Hybrids. Some of what Barbara discusses in this sit-down chat about the hybrids may surprise you, and some might seem familiar to you. Either way, I know you'll find what Barbara has to say nothing short of extraordinary. Take a listen. It's such a pleasure to be sitting here with you in person, finally. Yeah. After we've known each other for a few years, we 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 met a couple of years ago and had the pleasure of our first interview, which I have to tell you is our first, or the first two-hour interview that I've ever done. Really? It sure is, because I knew that the subject that we would be covering was so meaty that in order to do it justice, we'd have to have two hours, and we spent a good, a great deal of that time talking about the hybrids. Yes, we did. And so I think yeah. its it was perfectly apt to have this conversation today uh, with your new book, Meet the Hybrids, The Lives and Missions of ET Ambassadors on Earth, that you co-authored with Miguel Mendoza. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. So so excited. And I also want to make mention, Barbara, traveling from Phoenix, Arizona, the uh, the International UFO Congress that just finished up, uh, and you came back with an award in tow, didn't you? Tell us I about did.
1: that. <laughs> well, the International UFO Congress is a wonderful annual event, and it's been going on for, I think, 26 or 27 years. And I think it is the largest of the UFO conferences mm-hmm. that happen anywhere in the world. And they call it International UFO Congress, because they always bring speakers from some other countries Mm -hmm. as well as UFO researchers uh, from the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always a very wonderful group of people, very alive audience and very responsive. Mm -hmm. So this time I gave a lecture about uh, ET human hybrids who are living here on Earth. I called the lecture Meet the Hybrids, the the same title as the book. And um, so we had six of these people who are real ET human hybrids living on Earth, and six of them came up on the stage with me, Mm. and after I gave a talk for about half an hour or so, they each had their own turn to speak about their experience of being a hybrid and how they found out that they were hybrids and how they became a hybrid in the first place and what their special skills and abilities are that most people don't have. Mm -hmm. Some rare people do, um, but they're all involved in healing and psychic work and teaching and training and so forth. And then they... Had a chance to really express their own mission, because you see, these people with extraterrestrial genetics, they have an ongoing contact with these other beings. We call them extraterrestrials. They tend to call them their star family or their star beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, we would usually use the term extraterrestrial or alien, which I do not care for that term right. because many of them are so benevolent and so friendly. Yeah, the
0: connotation, unfortunately, of the alien has been uh, blown out of proportion. It is really, yeah, yes. I agree with you. Yeah. Yes, it has wow. a
1: very negative connotation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all of these beings connected with these people are so... Very benevolent, mm-hmm. so unconditionally loving, mm-hmm. and so advanced spiritually that I could never possibly use that word, right. alien, with them. Yeah. but yeah. Uh, So they were uh, talking about their star people, their extraterrestrials, and the visits that they have, and the guidance, a very high consciousness guidance that is given to them as they're living their lives. So it was wonderful that they each had provided um, drawings of their beings Mm -hmm. whom they have a lot of contact with and have as part of their genetics as well. And I was able to show those on the slides, Mm -hmm. on the big screens, and uh, so people could really get a feeling of what these people are about Mm -hmm. and whom they're connected with. and to my amazement, people, after the lecture, there were still two days left, two and a half days left of the conference, and I and each one of these hybrids uh, had a very unusual number of people, one by one, coming to us and saying, thank you so much for making us aware of this you know we didn't know and um and they think it's wonderful and many people said you know at these ufo congresses or conferences um the emphasis understandably is very often on videos of ufos that people have taken and orbs of light and um the the nuts and bolts we call it the mm-hmm. the crafts, and uh, and I was very appreciative of that way back twenty six twenty seven twenty eight years ago mm-hmm. when I was just getting interested in this field and felt that I needed proof that there really are these crafts that are not ours they right. really come from somewhere else in space and that there really are beings on those crafts. So uh, so that's important. But this lecture was so different. It was like this was right at the heart of the matter, as many of us consider it. Mm-hmm. It's not just the flying crafts, and they come from no. somewhere else in space, no. although that's very, very significant. But this is the the beings themselves and what they're here for and how many of them are so positive mm-hmm. And are really guiding and inspiring humans mm-hmm. living here. And, um, hoping to make a positive change within humanity
0: right well you know you there's there's a lot of meat to this that i want to get into i want to make a give a quick shout out to Mm -hmm. your wonderful colleague uh, grant cameron who i just recently met just a day or so ago at the conscious life expo who wrote a brilliant forward to your book he did Uh, i just want to make sure the audience knows you can't miss out on the forward, because I think it really gives a a nice little summary of what we're going to get into into this book. Uh, And I want to bring that in at this point, because uh, to me, I didn't have a chance to read the entire book, but to me, the overwhelming message that I got was and is the benevolent aspect, the love aspect, the heart of the matter, Mm -hmm. the fact that these beings are not just here uh, to let us know of their existence for the purpose of novelty, but as spiritual guides, which is what you talk about, uh, you and Miguel, in the book. So I'd love to have you elaborate on that. They consider themselves as
1: spiritual guides for us? Well, yes, these hybrids living with us, um, they're all uh, very spiritually oriented people. Mm -hmm. First of all, I would like to say that each one of these eight hybrids featured in this book, Mm -hmm. Meet the Hybrids, Uh, they were each born here from a human mother. And so, you know, they weren't just dropped here from a spaceship. (laughs) And they were born in the regular way that you and I and everybody, all humans here are born. And they're born to uh, regular families, living normal Mm -hmm. lives. And um, so when they were little, each one of them they wondered why they were feeling so different than even people in their family and different than all the other children at school and then eventually different than all the other adults they knew. They didn't look particularly different. They don't. No. Uh, But they felt it, and they felt, I'm just not like them. And I see... I see the world, I see people, I see humanity, I see animals, I see everything in a different way. I don't know anyone else who feels the same way as I do Mm -hmm. about humanity and life here on Earth. And in most cases they felt, you know, I just keep feeling like I'm not really from here. Okay. I mean, here I am a human being, but I don't feel entirely like a human being. And and they all exhibited very early in childhood that they had some exceptional skills. Like what? Like telepathy, that they could know what somebody near them was thinking. Mm -hmm. And, of course, sometimes they'd get into some trouble with that when they were little, (laughs) a little three-year-old saying, oh, Mommy, I know that you were just thinking of such and such. And she'd say, you know, she wouldn't like that. I mean, how can this little kid be reading her mind? But And they would read other minds of other children and know who was lying and who wasn't and, you know, <laughs> who was of goodwill and who wasn't. Uh, so that was one skill. But they also noticed early in life that they um, they were very psychic, not only telepathic, but psychic. And they 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 could instantly pick up certain things about people, which subsequently they learned was true, mm-hmm. and they, they knew about some events forthcoming, and people didn't like them to mention these things, because most of us don't have those abilities, yeah. and it would make people feel very uncomfortable. So So sometimes they were given sort of a hard time you know, with their skills. And they all realized very early in life that they had healing ability. Mm-hmm. And some of them developed it more than others during childhood. But by the time they'd become adults, which is when we met them, um, they they were really very proficient healers. Still. Mostly Reiki healers, but okay. uh, uh, light language healers. One calls it sound and color, healing, and so they have their own version, their Uh own methods of healing, But and they can heal a person in person, right there with a person. They can also heal remotely. And I experienced this um, during the summer months of 2015, Mm -hmm. spring, summer, early fall, when um, Miguel Mendonca and I did long interviews I know each of Upwards these of people. Upwards of 100 hours, I believe, right? Oh, or maybe yeah, more. More than yeah, 100 that's hours. That's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so long interviews with each one on Skype because we all live in very different areas. Mm-hmm. Three of them are in England and mm-hmm. others are scattered throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. But we had these wonderful interviews on Skype and they realized that, um, because we told them that, on July first, last year, 2015, I had had a massive stroke, and was hospital. I did. did. I did. Oh, and Barbara! Was, I did not know that. Yeah.
0: Oh my! And was oh.
1: hospitalized for five days, and and really quite out of it for quite a of while. Course, of course. But during that recuperation period, even in that first month, the one thing that I did professionally was sit at my computer when we had a Skype interview, and so I could see the person and see Miguel, my co-author, and they could both see me Mm -hmm. and each other. So it was almost like being in person. And when these people realized that I had had this stroke, they would immediately go into sending healing. Isn't that extraordinary? It sounds a little bit strange perhaps, but I could feel that healing through the computer, through sure. Skype.
0: That doesn't sound uh, yeah. at, at all odd to me, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I think it should be noted. We've had this conversation, I believe, before. Uh, that in fact, just had it with Linda Moulton Howe two days ago okay. on the role that our digital uh, tech, our technology may be playing in proliferating the, these, these sorts of... Um, Oh, uh, extraordinary, (laughs) uh, remote, at a distance things, including the appearance of uh, uh, non-human entities through using technology as a conduit. So we're not going to go off on a tangent there, but I just want to say, and I think our audience is well acclimated to this idea Uh that uh, somehow our use of technology, the way it's being used, of course, there are some... uh, uh, aspects of, to it that aren't good for us, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it seems that in these areas that we're talking about, it seems to be playing an integral role oh, right. in the non-human intelligence and how it's interacting with us. So,
1: oh, you're so right, and I would like to just add another Please thought do. to Please that. Do. Exactly, and that is that on one of these Skype interviews with one of our hybrids, mm-hmm. um, at some point during the interview, I was feeling a very active tingling on the top back lobe of my head, the mm-hmm. cerebellum. And I, I just noticed that as we were doing the interview mm-hmm. uh, that my that whole part of my head, the, not only the skull but inside in the brain, was feeling very ting like little tingles jumping all around. It was very activated. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, but I didn't mention it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jacqueline, one of the hybrids, said, because she was seeing me on Skype, and she said, I just want you to know, Barbara, that there are three um, mantis beings standing behind you, and they have their hands over your head, particularly sort of the back top part of your head, And they are adding healing energy. So I realized that's what I had been feeling. So I don't have that kind of sight uh, looking into other dimensions like she does. She could see them, and they were some of her family beings. These beautiful from the mantis family, or some
0: say mantid, depending on where you are. Mantid as well, yeah. But wow, very interesting. And so
1: that was that was uh, sort of a proof to me that she really knew what she was doing, doing, what she was talking about, because I was feeling it intensely, and then she said, "These three beings are standing behind you with their hands over your head, adding healing energy." To the part so of the how brain did you feel that was, after this was, was happening? I you... felt wonderful. I felt so happy, and it turns out that for years in my doing all the regression work that I've done with experiences of extraterrestrial encounters, that whenever I would do a regression which involved the mantis beings, uh, some and you pointed out sometimes they're called mantid. Sometimes they're called insectoids, mm-hmm. but I prefer the word mantis, like a big praying mantis. Right. And um, that I had uh, learned from these regressions and other people's experiences that the mantis beings were so kindly. I've heard that. Gentle, yes. kindly, not only loving, but unconditionally loving. and And that's part of this hybrid named Jacqueline, uh, part of her makeup. She has a large part of uh, mantis genetics in her, and she gets visits from these mantis beings frequently. Sometimes they'll take her on board their craft, and sometimes they just stay and visit with her in her home. And But it's always a very positive, loving experience. So she has that kind of sight that even though they're in a somewhat higher dimension than we are, Mm -hmm. they're probably at least in the fifth dimension compared to our being in the third dimension. Mm -hmm. But she has the ability to see into that dimension, that frequency. The hybrids were very often talking about differences in frequency, which corresponded with the different dimensions. Right. So even though I didn't see these three beings behind me, I definitely Did you sense felt them. them? Did I what? Did you sense them? Well, yes. I, I mean, I didn't really, I must say, until she brought it to my attention. I certainly felt the tingling and that something was going on with my head and wondered what that was. And then, when she pointed out that there were these three tall beings behind me, and I closed my eyes for some moments and and then then it certainly seemed like I could feel their presence mm-hmm. and as very soft, very gentle, I'd, you know uh, nothing abrasive, yeah, nothing I'd, threatening in the yeah, least bit amazing yeah. uh Barbara, as I listen to you
0: and another mutual colleague who says hello, by the way, and that's Mary Rodwell.
1: Oh, she's a dear friend of I mine. I know she is, and she, yeah. she
0: just loves you dearly. Oh, I love but her. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I interviewed Mary just recently, our third together. Good. And again, the reference to um, our talk was about what her book is that she's working on called The New Humans. Yeah. I find amazing correlations the already with how the Star Children, uh, I think maybe we're talking about one and the same, the features that you're bringing up about these Mm -hmm. hybrids and their telepathic and psychic abilities, uh, their connections to the various species, including the mantis. Um, So I wanted to to put that in there because I do find a striking correlation. But again, in each case that I have had occasion to learn about this non-human species we call mantis or mantid or or, uh, insectoid, I've heard that term, Mm -hmm. invariably what is brought out about them is their their loving demeanor
1: yes loving
0: demeanor their, yes. their benevolence now i've i've um listened to several accounts of people who have claimed to see these beings mm-hmm. physically manifest right and in that they're sort of uh in fashion we'll say like the praying mantis uh-huh except in some cases eight or nine feet tall yes, yes. they can be quite uh uh startling, to say the least.
1: Yes. But
0: uh, I've heard... Until you get to know them. Until you because, get to
1: know them. Yeah, then they're wonderful.
0: Yes. yeah. So I find that amazing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring that point up because uh, I think that's that's something very important and adds to the benevolence aspect of, uh, of, of these hybrids. Yes. Another question I want to ask you. Sure. So many uh, regarding what we call the hybrids, these loving beings. When do you think, or when, if they told you, they knew unequivocally that they were hybrids as opposed to, oh, just psychically inclined yeah, or something
1: else. Just a different sort they, of person. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because I think yeah. there are a
0: lot of those people here, and I want to get to that a little bit later. I think but so. Yeah. When, when was there a threshold that they crossed that they just knew, I'm a hybrid? Well,
1: it was different for each one of these hybrids in our book, our study. Um, one of them... Uh, found out when she was age 35 and her father took her aside and she knew that he'd been in the military for his career and he took her aside and he said, it's time for you to know that before you were born, before you were even conceived, um, I was part of a, a secret program having to do with some part of the government, I don't know which part, and that they were trying to see what would happen if they could mix extraterrestrial genetics with human genetics. So in other words, they already, um, so this is several decades ago, they already were doing experiments with extraterrestrials who had come to Earth Uh, maybe in crashed uh, disks or or landed peacefully and decided to stay for a while and work with humans who would be interested in learning about them. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those programs. So what they did, they took the eggs from the mother and the sperm from the father of Cynthia, this hybrid I'm talking about right now, Eggs from the mother, sperm from the father, and then in abductions. And then, but in this case, it was abductions by humans, not abductions by extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. And then they took that reproductive material from the human mother, human father, and mixed it with extraterrestrial reproductive material in genetics, creating an embryo probably in a little Petri dish type of arrangement, probably very carefully done. Of course. And then they uh, visited the mother again. She was not conscious of this, and implanted the little embryo in her womb, and that embryo grew and developed for nine months and was born, and that was this hybrid named Cynthia. Cynthia. Cynthia and
0: Crawford, I Cynthia believe, right? Cynthia Crawford. I recall, yes. Yeah,
1: wonderful, wonderful woman. I've known her for several years now. Mm-hmm. So that that's the way it happened for her. Another lady named um, Juju or Juju Lee, which is the name given by her star family, her mm-hmm. extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. Um, she was born the regular way through a human mother and father, and grew to the age of six, and then the beings whom she was partly made up of, the extraterrestrial beings, came and visited her and told her that she had, oh, oh no, I'm sorry, they visited her and they injected her, regular injection like we do, uh, with their extraterrestrial genetics, and with some other oh. extraterrestrial types of genetics, too. So she, at age six, became a became hybrid. Became a hybrid. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: interesting. That's a, yeah. quite a different scenario. And okay. then I
1: I know of cases where um, the human mother of the hybrid was pregnant with the hybrid. In other words, just as far as they knew, just a regular old mother and father, you know, conceiving and getting pregnant, and then the mother was taken by a group of extraterrestrials, and in their facility on board the the spaceship, um, the mother was, okay, already pregnant with a little embryo, or even been developed into the fetus stage, the mother was injected with extraterrestrial genetics through the wall of her abdomen and the wall of the Uterus and into, yeah, into the uh, fetus inside. So, and then that fetus was born, regular term, regular way that we all do it. But already, you see, from before birth, had the extraterrestrial genetics. So, and that seemed to be quite a common way. I've known of several people who were... uh, Hybridize you know, hybridize so, that would be and, the literal and, definition in yes. that particular way, uh, so each of these people um, didn't find out until various ages that that they were mm-hmm. now, all of them, as I had said, felt really different than the other people. They didn't necessarily look different, but um, although they these all most of them tend to be very, very slim. And always have been slim, but a couple of them a little bit more like regular Uh size. Um, And um, so they, in other words, lived some years of their lives feeling very different, but not knowing why. why. Yeah, and found out in various ways, you know, through the beings usually, Mm -hmm. uh, telling them. But they all had lifelong encounters with their extraterrestrials the type that they're made up, and they all had these encounters and what many people call abductions um, without objecting to them, without being afraid of them. And when you really think about it, it's understandable they weren't afraid of these beings because they had that kind of being in their own makeup. Right. So these beings have been guides for these people you know, through the years of their lives Mm -hmm. and have really helped them out a lot and helped them to amp up their healing ability and their clairvoyant ability and so forth. Mm -hmm. So they're always... These people are always happy when their type, their own type of beings, extraterrestrials, appear and visit with them or take them away for a couple of hours or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, One lady, Jacqueline... um, was taken away for a couple of weeks. Physically taken away. Physically taken away for a couple of weeks by some of her beings, which included the mantis beings and a couple of other species. Um, Several of them talk about beings which they call tall, white, zeta beings. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with the little zeta reticulate guys who... Get so much attention yeah. in the press and uh, and and people usually don't like them so I'd like to add right away that there are many many different types of extraterrestrial beings who do come here and some are um, not so favorably received in fact mm-hmm. people don't want contact mm-hmm. with them and it happens anyway um, and but some are more sort of neutral, oh, it's okay to have encounters with them, mm-hmm. and then some that the people really totally welcome Like the man- mantis. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um, you obviously have some very rich testimony from these eight, for your book, uh, of course, hybrids, what Barbara, do you think uh, for you or uh, Miguel was the most revelational thing? It could, can you think of one thing, uh, if you could isolate it? I'm sure all of yeah. it was just extraordinary, but
1: oh, every that, bit was yeah. I'm sure fascinating. But something that you just wouldn't um, expect. Yes, what I did not expect, nor did he, mm-hmm. at the beginning, was how spiritually oriented they are, and how spiritually oriented these extraterrestrial beings are. How so? So when they you consider point. that yeah. they they each have a mission uh-huh. here and and that is to be upgrading as they can with people they can meet with and who can come to know them to upgrade humanity into a higher understanding of our real spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. And so they do this in various ways, each one of them. Uh, they they all do some teaching of classes that people they do. actually uh-huh. attend. Uh, sometimes the people know that they're a hybrid. Sometimes they just think of them as a great spiritual teacher. So they don't teacher. necessarily
0: announce that as their teaching. Or that's not necessarily...
1: No, uh, I think they don't hide it, but if, um, if it so, somehow seems to come out, that's fine. And these people, by the way... Um At this big uh conference mm-hmm. this the past few days, um, they were forthright in saying what their actual names are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the state that they live in or the country because mm-hmm. we have three in England and uh, so th- th- they don't go around announcing it or advertising it they they're not here for fame right. or okay. fanfare, but if people seem to be receptive and want to know you know where did you learn all your healing skills, for instance, or how did you develop all your psychic ability that um, they will say, well actually i 'm a mixture of human and extraterrestrial how genetics received, and they and they will say which groups yeah. which extraterrestrial groups like some of them um, have quite a bit of Arcturian. There are Arcturians mm-hmm. from the planet Arcturus. And um, some of them are blue mm-hmm. Arcturians. Apparently, they're different races of Arcturians. And there are beings from Sirius, that planet. And some of them are Syrian warriors of light. I'm, I'm talking about the the beings who whose genetics are mixed with these hybrids, Mm -hmm. and um, the tall white zetas, the mantis beings, and reptilian. So some of these people, some of these women, who are just the most beautiful, wonderful, loving women, even beautiful from human standards, Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd look at, at one of them and think, wow, isn't she pretty mm-hmm. and just looks so lovely, you know, like a lovely person as well. And um, that they they really are more spiritually developed and they get guidance from their type of extraterrestrial mm-hmm. in helping to uh, raise the spiritual understanding of human beings. So the spiritual aspect was, to the extent that it is, was a surprise to me Uh and to Miguel Mendonca. And um, they talked about, you know, helping humanity and helping individuals to evolve. And that got into the discussion about ascension. Now, ascension is something that many groups, more spiritually Mm -hmm. oriented groups, among humans, um, are talking about anyway. That's right. And that means that they are helping us to devolve in consciousness and spirituality enough so that we can individually ascend to sort of a higher plane of existence. It doesn't mean that we have to die physically to do that, but that we can kind of live in a different consciousness. Mm-hmm. And if there are enough people who are sort of developing spiritually, getting ready to live in a sort of like a higher level, should we say, Mm -hmm. of consciousness, um, that we can, um, and this would be people from all over the world who are developing in this way, that we can live, it will seem like the earth, but it would actually be a couple of dimensions higher like the fifth dimension they kept mentioning. Like
0: Dolores Cannon's new Earth, right? Yes, Earth. Yeah. Yeah. yes.
1: And so yeah. it's possible that eventually, I don't see it coming soon myself, but yeah. that all of humanity could evolve and the Earth itself could evolve or, as they say, ascend you know into a higher frequency. And when that would happen, I hope it will happen, That we would not see things like war and killing and murders and gang fights and competition and greed and all of that because it's just as you know we're saying a higher consciousness, a higher understanding, Mm -hmm. and that there's no need for people to even think about conducting themselves that way. No cruelty of any kind, you know. So. So they each have a mission to help where they can, wherever it is that they're living, and they all live in a different location, um, to just, you know, help as they can to bring about this involvement with certain groups of people and individuals. Right. I have to ask you, they're, they're obviously on a mission
0: and dedicated to that mission. Have you heard from them how they think it's going in terms of uh, beyond expectation, below expectation? <laughs> what what are their thoughts?
1: Well, I think they tend to feel, as it turns out, very much like I do, um, unfortunately, that the earth, so much of what goes on on the earth, not all of it, but so much of it in particular pockets, mm-hmm. um, is so... Negative and so dysfunctional, tragically so. And we hear about all these things on the news. It, we know this. And also, there are many, many groups of people and many individuals who are really accelerating, uh, evolving in consciousness and who really are here for service right. to their fellow man and service mm-hmm to animals. So they recognize and I'm very aware of this myself of um you know the the light and the dark the good the bad the polar opposites mm-hmm. that this humanity has everything in it. And um that's how it is in three dimensions in three dimensional right. world and um they're helping to bring about a gradual upgrading of that you are also very aware that, as you mentioned before, with Mary Rodwell's work, especially uh, the star children, the younger people who are being born and and who have a higher consciousness and really are here for service. So some of these star children uh, used to be called and maybe still are indigo children that's right, or crystal crystal or rainbow. children that's right. rainbow yeah. and um, there's still are babies being born here and there allegedly all over the world I'm very happy to say um, who are this type who who come in and they will see the dysfunctions going on in the world and they will be here to in whatever way they can in their own local area to make a difference mm-hmm. to help to Upgrade the whole thing. Yeah, humanity is so wonderful in so many ways, and so atrociously horrible. The paradox, yeah, isn't it? In some other yeah. ways, yeah, with people, and it could we could have such a beautiful, clean, well-functioning planet and beautifully functioning humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is possible. Of
0: course. It so is. they
1: are here to help in whatever way they yeah, can well, to bring that about
0: wonderfully said well i you know there's such a sense of frustration on the part of those who feel their mission to be a service to others um yes and i think we all of us particularly in this work just have to take a, a deep breath and, and keep going and keep praying mm, and okay. hoping and and working. Yeah. Yeah. I, wanted, I, I triggered something in my own mind. You probably saw <laughs> the expression on my face change when I said the word paradox. It triggered a question that I, I had for you pertaining to the book. And that's uh, the phenomenon that we have so neatly labeled ET UFO. It obviously has many facets to it. But taken together, there are what we call these paradoxes and contradictions that exist in terms of understanding what this the. E.T., and I always put that in quotes because you and I both know I think it's a lot bigger than E.T. as it's been popular popularized. Yeah. Um, and I think you address those uh, paradoxes and contradictions in your book uh, in terms of understanding what this is. And again,
1: mm-hmm. this
0: is the scope is larger than I can even hold my hands out. <laughs> Do you think that these hybrids and even the beings themselves... Can, can help, or or maybe I'll rephrase the question, what these hybrids are doing in their teaching is helping to erase the paradoxes and contradictions of what it means to be ET or what the phenomenon
1: is about. Yes, I do. I, I think they're very much about that. They emphasize, for instance, that we humans are all one. We're all from the same source, We're the same substance in a way, Mm -hmm. in terms of our beingness, being beings. And, And not only that, but we are all, all life on earth is one connected with the same as, with minor differences, with all life in the universe. So they talk about how the universe, whether we are told that or not, is actually populated by Many, many, many different species mm-hmm. of beings. And, uh, you know, only now our scientists or governments or whatever are beginning to admit that maybe there might be some life out there. Maybe. You'd but <laughs> if so, probably very low level, you know, basic rudimentary. But, but these beings know that the, the whole cosmos is populated with intelligent beings Mm -hmm. of many, many, many different types. And of those many types, some of them come to Earth, have real interest in human beings. Mm -hmm. And some of them, of course, don't. Their focus is on something else. But um, the Mm -hmm. ones who are here and are working through people like these hybrids, they want us humans to know... That we're part of that whole reality, and we all, every single type out there, and all of us... Including
0: the hybrids are part of that. Including
1: the hybrids, including the insects and the animals, the trilobites, everything, the big mammals, everything on Earth, all life forms on Earth, and all life forms on those planets out there in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. We're all part of the same source... Those beings don't necessarily use the term God, but when our hybrids have asked them, you know, what is your understanding of creation and your understanding of um, God, they say, well, we don't use that word God. We don't define it quite as definitely, as specifically as God, but we all know it's just part of our understanding that we are all part of this great creative loving source. And that so therefore there's no real difference. There are superficial differences between the tall Arcturians and the Syrians and the reptilians and the humans, but we're all part of that same creation. We and they each one of them without knowing what the other hybrids were saying in their interviews, Mm -hmm. each one said some of the same things, such as what I've just been talking about, and each one said a number of different times, we are all one.
0: Really emphasizing that.
1: And one of them even surprised Miguel and myself in one of these interviews, saying you know because we were talking about you know different factions on the earth and that there are some what we perceive as negative extraterrestrials and some positive ones and 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 this person i think it was juju said but there are no sides there's no sides in the universe you know, that we think in terms of light and dark, black right. and white, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's all different aspects of the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it, we both remembered, we talked about it after the interview was over um, at length about this. Isn't that a remarkable thought? It shouldn't be remarkable, but struck us that way, that there are no sides it just appears that way. Mm-hmm. It appears that there's an enemy. But they know? don't look at it. That's a very good... But let's yeah, stay on but, that for but a minute. But really, we're all part of the oneness. That's a great point.
0: Yeah. I think this is a sticking point, frankly. I, I think I just sort of got this sort of word picture in my mind. hmm I think maybe one of the greatest messages they could convey is that yeah. we... Barbara are a society that has been indoctrinated into opposites. Oh, and yes. the absolute need to commit to one yeah. or the other. I think of something that our friend Daryl a.k.a. Bashar has said. It's <laughs> right. not this or that, it's this and that. Yes. Yes. And I think that's kind of the word picture that I'm getting. I uh-huh. think this is a very this is a sticking point that I hope our audience will sort of take note of. Yeah. That because I really feel that a lot of the strife that we have ex- uh, experienced historically has come from this uh, incessant need to take sides, right. uh, really uh, making more real than it should be good versus bad, mm-hmm. sick versus healthy, right. up versus down. Yeah, And it's also a mechanism, I think, to divide
1: people. And look at... Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I completely agree. And look at what's promoted in our culture Absolutely. in the western world and probably elsewhere we've got republicans and democrats oh and there is this mighty mighty contest of oppositional forces right. going on yeah we have football games i mean i'm thinking of some of the big things that millions of Where people are aware of that's right yeah the yeah. dodgers versus the whoever is the Boston Red Sox or whatever. (laughs) You had to say that, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Try to think. But you're right. You're Uh, absolutely And the big football teams, the Super Bowl, the you know, winning of the pennant, winning of the World Series. It's all oppositional that you're on you're for this team
0: or Or you're for
1: that team. Yeah. And you want your team to win. So there's so much emphasis on um, separateness and over and againstness. Mm-hmm. So these hybrids are here to say just the opposite. You know, we've gotten addicted into our way of thinking yeah. of and the opposites and the good, the bad, the you know, the polar opposites. So a very interesting thing this past week at the International UFO Congress and I just feel so good about this. Mm-hmm. Um, After, uh, well, there's a researcher named David Jacobs, and he does a lot of uh, regressing of people to their extraterrestrial encounters, as I do. We've both been doing it for at least 25 years on opposite sides of the country, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough. He's in Pennsylvania, and I'm in Southern California. And so for years and years... He has derived from the regressions he's conducted that all extraterrestrial beings are totally negative. He has, He he, really? he concludes this from the work that he's done. There's nothing good there at all. All of these species out there who visit human beings are totally negative and abusive to us. That's what he thinks. And then he got more and more into the whole question of hybrids, while I, unbeknownst to him, was getting very involved with the whole question of hybrids out here on the West Coast. And his conclusions about the hybrid phenomenon is that the hybrids are made on board the craft and then brought to Earth. They have enough human in them that they can survive here and that they don't know how to live life in the Earth, so that the abductees who happen to know them from the ships are mind controlled to teach these hybrids his type, not mine, not mine, <laughs> um, how to live, how to buy food at a supermarket, market, how mm-hmm. to balance a checkbook, how to use a telephone, and you know how to do everything that we do on Earth, and that it's all um, a big threat. And and that these hybrids that he's talking about are here to eventually take over the world from humanity. So he gave a lecture on one day of this UFO Congress, and the next day I gave a lecture and had these hybrids come up. These are polar opposite. Here we go of again, view. right?
0: With the yeah, polar opposites. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And then, and I made quite a point of that in my lecture that. You know, we represent. He represents the dark part of it. I represent the light part of it, and that's how it is in our third dimension. You know, and um, and then uh, the next day there was a panel uh, about abductions, and who did I sit next to on the panel? David, David Jacobs. Jacobs. <laughs> <And> <laughs> of
0: so course, he,
1: he gave his thing about the totally negative threat. About these hybrids who are here to take over the world, and he said, "All abductions—it's all the purpose of all abductions—is to create hybrids who will take over the world." And here I was with a very different point of view. But the beautiful thing about it was that I just felt so pleased, and I—I think it was inspired by some of these beings, no doubt. And—and mm-hmm. and that was that I could say, "Look." we're all part of this oneness this polarity of it my polarity of it and let's not draw sides let's not draw teams about this let's not be over and against each other about this you know it's all part of the whole fabric absolutely you know and it just felt so good to say that and so many people came up afterwards and said thank you for saying for what that. you said how did he yeah. feel?
0: Did you notice any slight shift? I mean, if we're well, talking he, 25 years of research and that is his overall hypothesis, I don't know. But did yeah. you notice any any shift at all with him after that?
1: Well, he it's not that he said anything that indicated a shift, but I had a few conversations with him privately uh-huh. afterwards, and um, you can see that he was really affected. And actually, he said he felt... Embarrassed. I don't think he would have said that to the audience, but he felt em- embarrassed about that whole thing. I think the the differences. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, I would say something quite extraordinary occurred. Maybe if he's, we well, yeah. just put it on the record. Yeah. I, so who knows what will happen yeah, from that's, here on? That's but uh,
1: yeah, it was kind of a nice bringing together. And I feel like we're friends. I've heard you know? of David, and I, yeah. I know
0: that he has quite a following in a slightly different aspect, but, uh, uh-huh. yeah. You know, we're yeah. winding down, and, um, of course, as is usually the case, I think we could have done two hours, two and a half hours, or three, and we <laughs> still wouldn't complete the, the conversation because it could go on for a long time. But I, I have to leave it uh, with this, a couple of questions I had for you. Um You know, as I hear these stories of, in some cases, we call them hybrids. In Barbara's cases, she's referring to the new human. In any case, we're talking about extraordinary individuals that are coming clearly in greater number. Mm -hmm. Have you ever sought to even contemplate what percentage of our human population may in fact be some
1: semblance of these? of hybrids, hybrids. Yeah. well, it would have to be a total guess. I'd, I'd say it's probably a small percentage of the human population, still, so I don't even know what number to right. put on Right, well, that, we're but, talking about yeah. apparently over 7 billion people, so it's. Yeah. I, that's probably yeah. not an,
0: a, a fair question. But, I mean, I, I don't know, perhaps it's an instinct that you might have that would say, hmm... There may be a lot more of them here than uh, one might imagine, and here's, here's sort of a, yes. a part two to that, and that is, do you think, Barbara, that there may be individuals walking around today,
1: living their normal day-to-day lives, that may be hybrid and not realize it? Absolutely. In fact, at this conference, um, I met two women, just in the course of people mingling around, um, and one of them, I looked at her and I immediately thought, she's a reptilian hybrid. And anyway, then I got to know her a little bit. I didn't say that right away, of I course. That would be, yeah.
0: by the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it turned out that um, she was having some very unusual experiences and she felt a lot of changing of her the skin around her eyes and kept talking about that. And I said, and then I was asking her questions, saying, you know, what, what does that skin feel like when it changes, it would change from time to time, and, and last oh, a couple hours maybe, and then change back to her normal skin. Anyway, it turned out that she um, had skin that clearly um, suggested it was reptilian skin. And and I could see it coming because I had already immediately thought of her as a reptilian hybrid. So we talked for probably an hour or so over dinner, and and uh, and then she said, "I've sometimes wondered if I'm partly reptilian." She did say and that. she she said it hers. I like to have it come from the person if possible. Yes, that's very And then smart. I said, "Well, that's what I thought right away," and and then she's. Slept on that idea and then came back to me the next day and and told about experiences that she has with reptilian beings. And and it all adds up that she probably is a reptilian hybrid. By the way, a couple of our hybrids in this book, Meet the Hybrids, um, are, have the occasions when they actually, what we call, shapeshift Into their reptilian form. And that is very interesting, and they've been observed. Like Cynthia observed this other hybrid named Juju, Jujuli, Um, sleep. They shared a a room at a conference, Uh you know, a hotel room. Uh And Cynthia came in, and Juju was already sleeping in bed in her full reptilian form without realizing it and it was okay with Cynthia because she has a good bit of reptilian in her so she this felt happy seeing this. This was just at the this.
0: conference that they, they were attending. Yeah it was
1: you? actually another conference oh, okay. where she saw this a couple of years ago and um, Charmaine this lady from England um, had an occasion where she Oh, she was with some of these extraterrestrial beings, and this was a few years ago, and she had felt like she must be something else other than just human, and here she had the visit um, with some reptilian beings and a couple of other types, and she said, is there any way I can have confirmation that I feel so different, that I feel like maybe there's, some other components in me, and they helped her to shapeshift into her full reptilian form isn't that something and she was it's... so happy with both of these
0: people so not, none of it was shocking or because they had some no idea it it just that... felt
1: like oh good i'm I'm finally really wow. myself, and then they gradually shapeshifted back into their human form but Feeling so much more complete, mm. you know. It's kind of like um, I'm going to quickly make up an example. It it might be like um, like a person living here in the United States who has a lot of Asian component in them, but maybe their family never told them that because they also have Western human. Uh, component mostly, and but the person's always been drawn to the Asian cultures mm-hmm. and always felt happy when seeing Asian people and wondered why, and then eventually it comes out. Maybe they're fully adult. Uh, that yes, that that she does have uh, Asian ancestry right. in the mix, and then she feels so happy. To know that relieved
0: almost like that, part yeah. of her
1: had been denied, right? Or right. it could be true between the black and white races, mm-hmm. you know. The either way that a black person might feel. Why do I kind of identify often with the whites, hmm. and yet I don't think there's any white mixture in my genetics here? But then eventually finds out from some relative that there is. Oh, that's why I feel that way oh, good, now I can accept that, I can right. embrace it. You know, or the other way around, white person discovering yeah. they've got Native American or black or well, who knows what, you know, Asian. How intuition Asian or,
0: works. You know, yeah, and that so. once you
1: know who you really are, it, it it feels more complete. Yeah. And that's how these hybrids are, that when they learned in various ways that they really do have those components in them And it all comes together. Each one of them, unbeknownst to each other in these interviews, all eight of them said that at the point when they actually realized or had some kind of validation that they had the extraterrestrial components, they felt tremendously relieved. Right, right. That, oh, now Now I I understand. Yeah. And in the meantime, they were having positive experiences right. with those kinds of beings. So it was a, a very well-received piece of news. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Well, I have to tell you, I hope, Barbara, as we're being listened to around the world, that there are a few people saying, ah, now I understand. Yes. Because you do such a beautiful job in explaining this extraordinarily complex extraordinarily important and extraordinarily beautiful phenomenon that we call the hybrids.
1: Yay, thank Meet you. Meet the
0: hybrids, the lives and missions of E.T. Ambassadors on Earth by Barbara Lamb, Miguel Mendoza. And I know we can get this wonderful book, which I'm going home with today, with a signature <laughs> from Barbara, at Amazon. But is this also available at your site, barbaralammft.com?
1: That's the website, but I do not have it. Posted on there yet okay. So I think the good way Would be to um, Order it on Amazon.com And very they're good. very good about Sending them right out. Yes, and they are. Yeah, they're I, you myself? wouldn't get a signature that way, but that's right. Well but, but sorry you would folks get the I'm getting
0: a signature today. I'm yeah. <laughs> so delighted. And yeah. so delighted to see you again after I am too three years, I think. So Yeah, that's Barbara. right. Thank you so much. And once yeah. again, congratulations
1: on your wonderful lifetime achievement award. Oh thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you all who are listening and go forth with Hopefully an expanded and deepened appreciation for life. Absolutely. And the different forms that life can take. Absolutely. I second
0: that. And on that note, we're signing off. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Take care. In all the years I've been familiar with the work of Barbara Lamb, one thing stands out loud and clear for me, and that's her consistency in explaining the benevolent aspects of the beings she's had occasion to get to know, either directly or indirectly. As far as the hybrids are concerned, this theme is beautifully underscored with their message of unconditional love and their mission to graduate humankind to a much higher state of consciousness. If you enjoyed this interview, be sure to stay tuned in as I will next have a chat with Barbara's co-author, Miguel Mendonza, and one of the hybrid beings featured in their book. This is sure to be a must listen. Until then, I thank you for spending time with us here at Higher Journeys Radio, presented in association with Conscious Life News.